0: Um, don't be a writer if you don't want to edit. I kind of wish someone had told me that. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Hello and welcome back to The Vintage Podcast with me, Lena Norms. Today we have Daisy Johnson in the studio. You might know Daisy Johnson from her incredible short story collection Fen, set in the fens of England. Uh, Now Daisy's first debut novel, Everything Under, is in our grasp. And I couldn't wait to tempt Daisy into the vintage offices to talk to me about this incredible book. The book follows Gretel as she tries to navigate the care of her ageing mother who is tumultuous uh, and forgetful at best. It looks back at the intimacies and violences of their history together as mother and daughter. Their time living on a canal boat together and this liminal relationship their lives have to mythology and lurking monsters uh, in the background. It's moving, it's unsettling, it completely envelops you uh, and I couldn't wait to talk to Daisy uh, about how she wrote it and what was going through her mind. So here is Daisy. So thank you so much for coming in to speak to us Daisy. I absolutely love the book, it's incredible. Um, I had a few nosy questions to ask you about it, (laughs) as I'm sure a lot of people do, uh, and I've been hearing so many great reviews about it, so it's good. Um, What... First, inspired you to write this book because obviously your short stories were inspired by you growing up in the fens, right? Yeah, that's right. Um, and this one is very much also tied to nature and mythology, and it feels very like grounded, even though it's like set on the water, I guess. <laughs> um, what
0: inspired you to write it? Um, yeah, firstly, thank you so much for having me. What's so right? lovely to be here. Um, so, the original seed of the idea was so it's based on a Greek myth, um, which I'm trying not to tell people, so I don't give it away. Mm-hmm. Um, and I since I've started writing, I've been really, really interested in this idea of retelling, um, particularly retelling really, really ancient tales where the characters in them, especially the female characters, um, often don't have a voice. And I thought it'd be really interesting to take a myth, which is quite... The ideas in it are quite... um, They don't really fit with contemporary times. And I was really excited about the idea of taking that and seeing whether it would work in a contemporary setting. Mm. Um, And again, as you said, so Fenn was really, um, I was really inspired by the landscape um, of the fens in England. And in a similar way, this book kind of came together for me when um, I was on a canal boat with my partner and we were driving um, around the canals um, near Oxford and these sort of wild places and these people who clearly had no connection to the outside world. And I thought that that was a really interesting world. Um, And I think canals are so murky that... I knew that I wanted there to be something threatening in the book, um, something to frighten the characters into actions they might not otherwise do and it felt like the perfect setting i think for that Cause that's
1: interesting about like those cuz i think there's so many like mythologies that we're so used to seeing in modern stuff that's like oh, this perfectly plugs into modern day life like yeah. <laughs> love romance death um like but you're trying to like wrestle like different mythologies into was there any point in the like story where you were like this won't go in or like this trying to like wrestle that mythology into the book or
0: yeah there was a lot there's a lot of things in the in the myth about um being able to see the future, there are Mm -hmm. particular characters who can tell what's going to happen. Um, And that was really hard to get in. And I think in the end it was about creating a world that felt very like our world, but also felt like a world where these things could happen. You know, there could be something living in the water, um, which was monster-like, and there could be a character that could tell the future. Um, And it was really fun to do in the end, and I hope it succeeded. I hope that readers read it and they're convinced by the things that are happening in there
1: Mm. did you find it different writing a whole novel rather than the short stories was it kind of because obviously the short stories were connected together and they were very much like in the same vein but
0: yeah um time wise so everything under probably took about four years which is a lot longer than fended um but the really interesting thing i found about it was that the my editing style for short stories and for novels is quite similar. Um, so I tend to write down the first idea and get it onto the page and then entirely rewrite, rewrite the whole thing. Um, so the main difference, I think, is just that I think you can quite easily hold a short story in your mind. Even as you're reading it, you can kind of hold all the components together. And it's not the same with a novel. There are so many different threads and so many different characters. So it was trying to, trying to hold everything together Mm. Um, and make it so that the reader could also hold it in their minds, if that makes sense. Yeah, no,
1: totally. It's kind of like like, like containing it, but then also like letting it loose a little bit. And
0: being, like, yeah, and enough so you can like give it to somebody, but then being like yeah. also letting it be its own thing. Yeah, I always think that um, short stories are kind of these like sort of perfect little pearls. They're so cont- mm. I think the best short stories are so contained. You know, I think you could go through a Sarah Hall short story and you wouldn't be able to take anything out. Mm. Um, and I think novels are sort of, I kind of think of them as octopuses. They have like so many tentacles, and they're sort of baggy. Um, so getting, I think, a lot of short story writers, perhaps, it, uh, and especially for me, it was hard to fit my mind into that. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah, makes sense. you mentioned
1: Sarah Hall. Are there any other writers that have inspired you or like people that you're like, oh, I wish I'd written
0: that book? <laughs> um, yeah, there were a couple of books on my desk throughout the whole time of writing this. Um, and I had to be really careful not to just steal their ideas. But um, so Evie Wilde was definitely one of them. I'm a massive fan of her. Mm. Um, and I think she does um, she does some similar similar things with nature. And um, a lot of her, both of her novels have this sense of menace through them, which I really, really love. And... Mm. Um, yeah, a lot of female writers. I was I was trying to read. Um, Helena Yemi was one I really really loved, and I think then more recently there's been so many really amazing retellings, um, which I really really enjoyed. Um, so Circe by Madeline Miller um, was fantastic, and also Home Fire. Um, I thought, uh, in a similar way, was just so clever, in that the, it felt like there were things in that myth which would never fit in a contemporary setting, but it was seamless the way she did them, and I was really really impressed with that.
1: Mm. There's, you said also there's like this like thing where people do kind of those mythologies that keep coming back up do you think we'll always write about mythologies or do you think there'll be like new mythologies coming through or what makes people write about them
0: that's really interesting yeah i think it's really interesting at the moment that there are so many retellings and it seems strange that we return to these stories again and again and again particularly as there's so much going on around us in the world um but i do think that it's I do think we'll keep doing them and I do think that um, every generation will have a different way to retell these stories. You know, I think particularly at the moment there's a lot of retellings giving voice to characters who are silenced, like women or trans characters. And I think in 10 years there'll be something different um, in the retellings. Um, For me, it's about, I think, the reason I love them is it's kind of an act of destruction, you know, taking this old story and knocking it to the ground and seeing how you can build it back up again. Mm. Um, and I really love that.
1: Yeah, it's like kind of like a respect to the past, but also like a twos up to the past and being like, actually, we can do it again. Yeah, exactly. We missed stuff out, I think. <laughs> yeah. And I, I think for me, it's also just like people, when people are scared about the future, I think people turn to the past to kind of look at what might, you know, I don't know, it's like a, almost a security thing, but also wanting to take control of it a little bit, I guess. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, you, so you live by the river
0: now. Mm-hmm. That's exciting. Yeah. Is it, are you very near the river? Yeah, I'm like a, maybe a five minute walk from the river, um, which is nice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I can imagine it's kind of
1: nice to just kind of get a bit of inspiration when you're around it and stuff.
0: Yeah, definitely. I'm definitely a country girl in a city, I think. So I, we're kind of on the outskirts of Oxford at the moment and I love just being able to walk out and be on the river and be sort of, you know, I think um the r- rivers are just such wild places and you kind of you try and control them but the the river knocks of floods all the time and it's got all these strange tides and you see like dead things being washed mm. down um and that, that for me is really inspiring this sort of intersection between a city and um something like the river mm. um kind of nature impacting on the rural uh, the Urban, yeah,
1: so it's something we didn't build. It's yeah, I can't get rid of it. <laughs> yeah. Guess. Um, do you have any advice for people who are trying to write? Because obviously, you, you get a lot of inspiration from the places you live and like the ground that you live in, like your your past. Like, what what would you say to people who are trying to write and get inspiration?
0: I think read as much as you possibly can. You know, I, I wanted to be a writer because I was reading. Um, my parents gave me Stephen King when I was fourteen, and I just. I think in wonder was like how does he do this I want to be able to do this Um, I've also been teaching I taught a couple of classes at York and the thing I really got from the students was um, just try lots of different things you know there's a lot of I think sometimes when you go into writing particularly writing fiction there are a lot of rules and I think you know try as much as you can be understand that the first draft is just the first draft no one has to read that so if it has a hundred exclamation marks in that's absolutely fine. Um and you can go back um editing, I guess. That's my third point is um don't be a writer if you don't want to edit. I kind of wish someone had told me that. It's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like more than half the job. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ninety percent of the job is editing.
1: <laughs> So Fenn also deals a lot with kind of adolescence and, and young girls. And I think th- this book is really looking at that very um, turbulent and liminal like um, relationship between a, a mother and a daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, how did you find writing about that kind of relationship rather than writing more about the younger girls?
0: Yeah, I really enjoyed it, I think. Um, so it was important to the myth to have that fa- it's all about family. I think the myth that it's retelling but I also really just wanted to explore the idea that um, sometimes your family are not the people you want them to be. Mm -hmm. Um, So the mother in the book is this sort of um, very, I hope, compelling character but also quite an awful character. Um, And I really wanted to look at what it's like to grow up with someone who is very much a person in their own right, you know. I think often that... um, women who are mothers are pigeonholed in a certain way and this is a character who refuses to do that um not always in good ways um and I was really interested in in that and the you know the impact of these really important people in our lives and what that makes us when we grow up
1: amazing well thank you so much for writing it it's bloody beautiful (laughs) oh good (laughs) um and I hope you keep writing amazing books for us to keep reading yes thank
0: you very much (laughs)
1: Thank you so much for listening to the vintage podcast uh, that was daisy johnson talking about her new book everything under uh, do tweet us at vintage books and let us know what you thought of the podcast help other people discover the vintage podcast by reviewing us on itunes i'm giving away a little bundle of books every month to people who review on itunes so do head over there and give us a review it really helps um, other people discover the podcast leave your twitter handle in your review and you could be in a chance with winning some lovely vintage books. Stay tuned for more interviews with authors like Daisy and until next time.